Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Um, But all right, so I want to share with you guys um, the message today. So today we're going to do something a little bit different than usual. You see me in a new, different background. I just want to give a quick shout out to the Lemores. Thank you for letting me use their home. I figured it would probably be much less lackluster than what I'm usually in. I'm usually at my house uh, with the brothers, and uh, you're usually just seeing me uh, in front of my uh, window blinds. And so I figured, let me just change it up a bit. And so thanks so much for letting me use your house, guys. Um, But yeah, we're doing something a little bit different. As you know, we got rained out again. This is the fourth time in like the last five weeks. And uh, it's crazy. This weather, I guess it's it's hurricane season, and uh, it's just a lot of rainy weather. And then we canceled our pop-up church service uh, that was going to be at the Browns. And then now we're going to be just doing a a quick little sermonian for you guys. I just wanted to share something that I think God has put on my heart um, about the Holy Spirit. And so I hope it encourages you guys today. And so uh, the title of my message today is When the Spirit Leads. When the Spirit Leads. Let me say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father God, I just want to thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for just the great privilege and the honor it is to uh, just share and preach your word, God. Lord, I just pray, God, even now that um, everything I share, God, none of it would be me, but all of it would be you, God. I pray and I ask you, Father, to just uh, fill me with the words, to speak your word with power, with grace, with love. And I just pray, God, for those listening pray that you would just speak to their hearts, God, that you would speak something specifically to all of us that we just need to hear today. God, we're so desperate for you. We need you so much, God. And without you, Lord, we'd be lost. We'd have nothing at all. And so, God, just be with us today. I pray that you would just lead us by your Holy Spirit as, uh, Lord, I speak your word. Uh, Thank you so much. We pray as well for the teens. We ask you to please bring them safely, God, as they're Uh, Coming back uh, from teen camp, we ask you to bless all the camp counselors, all the parents driving, and all the people that will be on the road driving during the hurricane to to meet needs and and to go wherever they need to go. Father, we also pray for Riley and Corey, God. We thank you so much, God, for, Lord, the union that they're going to get ready to celebrate. God, we ask you to be with them, protect them, guide them, Father, and all those who are driving there. And God, if you can, if you will, I know you can, But Lord, if you will, please hold this rain, God, and uh, let them, God, just be able to celebrate their union without a lot of uh, hindrances in the weather. But ultimately, I pray that your will will be done, God. We thank you so much, and it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. So the title of my sermonian today is When the Spirit Leads. And, uh, you know, I I love that we've been doing this theme of being led by the Spirit the past few months, as many of you know. We've been talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I really love this theme of the Holy Spirit because, you know, I think that it's really hard to remember the Holy Spirit, you know, and it's like, it's, it's like so challenging to remember, especially for us, even as Christians, right? If we could be honest, 
It's so easy to forget the Holy Spirit. Um, and when we do, re you know, remember him, it's almost as if, like, we talk about him like he's like a third character in the room or he's some sort of topic or just this mystical being with all these powers. But the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a very person. It's, it's very God in the Spirit. He said that he would come and he would bring down his Spirit to us to be our, our comforter, to be our advocate, to be our helper. And one thing I really love about the Holy Spirit is not only is he a person, but he acts as a guide for our lives. We see it all throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit guiding people. You know, I think about Acts chapter 16 when Paul and his companions were on their missionary trip and they wanted to go preach the gospel in the province of Asia. And the Holy Spirit forbid them, not once, not twice, but then three times redirected them. They wanted to go to the province of Asia, and then he went to, and, and the Spirit told him no, and then he went to Bithynia, and then the Spirit said no. The Spirit, the Bible says the Spirit did not allow them to enter. And then the third time, as they're on their way down to Troas, uh, Paul has a vision, and the Holy Spirit shows him that he's supposed to go to Macedonia to preach the gospel. And so the Holy Spirit acts as a guide to us. And, you know, many of us are used to guiding our own lives, right? If we could be honest, we're used to being the captain of our own ship, the driver uh, of our own car, and we just love to guide our own lives. We like to be in control because at least when we're in control, we know what's going on. We know what's going to happen, what's going to take place. But when the Holy Spirit is your guide, you surrender control. You decide that it's no longer going to be you that is in the driver's seat. You're no longer gonna be the captain of your ship and you're no longer led in the direction that you think is best. And honestly, I think that's what is the scary part for all of us, is that we don't always know where we're going when we're led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's good, other times it's where we don't wanna be and sometimes we don't even know where we wanna go and we have no choice but to trust in the Holy Spirit's guidance because we just don't know what to do. You know, I shared with you guys um, last week during our close, uh, Lolly and I uh, were looking for an apartment, and we asked you guys to pray for us, that we wouldn't end up being homeless within the next few weeks. Uh, and by the grace of God, we did find an apartment. But, um, but honestly, it was a, it was a challenging process. Um, and I say that because, you know, my faith was tested. And I felt like, man, God, I don't remember the last time my faith was tested as much as this for something so simple as an apartment. You know, it, we either weren't finding anything that we liked or the things that we were approved for and we liked, um, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. And even the ones that we did like and we loved and we got approved for, uh, we just had no idea what decision to make because we didn't know where the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding us. And that was frustrating, and that was tough. But what we did know is that we had resolved in our hearts not to go back to Bridgeport. And, uh, you know, having lived there much of our lives, if not the majority, and had so many memories, you know, we felt like we were ready to branch out and try something new. But time and time again, apartment after apartment, God kept denying us, denying us, denying us. And we realized, man, the Holy Spirit was bringing us back to Bridgeport. And so in very, like, in very Holy Spirit-like fashion. That's what he did. He brought us back, and, uh, you know, I guess it goes, right? Uh, when the Spirit leads, you follow. 
And so that's what we did. And so today I want to encourage you guys um, with a, a message today about the Holy Spirit being our guide and how the Holy Spirit can actually lead us not only in good times, but he, had, he could also lead us to challenging and difficult times. But we can be sure that wherever the Holy Spirit leads us, it is and always will be for our ultimate good. And there's two stories that I think about in the Bible that dis- demonstrate how the Holy Spirit can lead us in both good times, but also in very challenging times, and how these two men of God faithfully endured uh, through, these, uh, through the Spirit's leading. And that's uh, the story of Jesus and Philip and the eunuch. And so uh, the first story is in Matthew chapter 4. Um, you can turn there with me. I will be reading it. If you don't have your Bible, you should have it in front of you. You're at home, so there's no excuses. But uh, in Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 11. And uh, I'm going to read it here in just a sec. I'll give you a second to cue up there. But Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. All right, you guys are still with me. Great. And it reads this, Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So here we see Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit into a very challenging and difficult situation. He's being led to the wilderness into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he's going to be fasting and praying. But you know, what's really interesting about this story is that literally right before this happens in chapter three, we see Jesus having his quote unquote 15 minutes of fame on earth. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way as a prophet for uh, Jesus. And he speaks so highly of him to the people he's preaching, calling out to them and saying that Jesus is going to be this incredibly powerful man who we're going to be unworthy of. He's going to be this man that when he comes, he's going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And how he's also going to be this just ruler who will one day gather all his righteous people and he will do away and punish the unrighteous and evildoers. Then, later after that, he's then baptized, and then the clouds break open, and then the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, just descends over him, and a loud voice just erupts through the heavens, and it says over Jesus, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. 
And so even after all that, the Holy Spirit does something very odd and unusual that goes against everything we typically believe about this good and gentle, comforting Holy Spirit. He chooses to lead Jesus into the wilderness. And not only that, but to be tested. You know, there are many Christians in hopes of winning others over to Jesus that will sell people the lie that a life with God will be happy, a very exciting, adventurous life filled with many, many blessings. And while, that, while much of that may be true, they often fail to tell you the other side, that the Holy Spirit might actually lead you to challenging and difficult times, that the Holy Spirit might stretch you, he might challenge you, he might try you, your faith and your trust in God in ways where you feel like you're breaking all so that his will can be done. There's other Christians right now who all over the world are suffering for their faith. Some being persecuted, killed, even abandoned by their families. And we take a step back here in America and we think, man, we're so blessed not to have to go through that. When really, they're the ones who are blessed, if not even more blessed than us for suffering for the name of Christ. It's just that the Holy Spirit is leading them in different ways based on the set of circumstances that they personally face wherever they may be in the boundaries of their land and the times of their history. And here, this is what we see. Um, excuse me. Um, it, this is actually what happened, I think, in fact, with Paul in Acts chapter 9 when the Lord speaks to Ananias and foretells of Paul what he will go through. And he tells Ananias uh, in, regards to Pete, in regards to Paul, he says, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And so God, through the Holy Spirit, for reasons he alone sees fit, will sometimes lead us into hardships and trying times to fulfill his will in our lives. And it's so hard to understand. But here, this is what we see happening to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. He's led into this desert, this wilderness, to fast 40 days. He's in an immense, fragile, and weak state, as you can imagine, you know, near the point of collapse. Experts say that the average human can survive about one to three months without food, so long as there's an adequate intake of water in the Bible. I mean, in the body, excuse me. And so you can imagine Jesus is at the point of probably being near death. And here he is, after all that, to be then tempted by Satan himself. And a lot of us know how challenging it could be to be tempted by Satan from afar, right? And how lonely even of a battle that can sometimes feel. But to have Satan up close, up front, face to face, tempting you when you're nearly at the point of death and intense starvation, I can't imagine how much more overwhelming the temptation might have been to turn that stone into bread or to take all the kingdoms of the world and all its luxuries, you know, in, in, in passing over my allegiance to God the Father to get all that. And this is what Jesus is going through. Look at the temptations. Verse 2, Jesus was hungry. We see that the temptation was to turn stones into bread because he was intensely starving himself as he was fasting unto God. Verse 6, Jesus was weak. We see that Satan says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down so that God can send his angels to come and rescue you. You know, the temptation was to challenge his own divinity. 
to challenge him and to do something reckless that would force God to come to the rescue and save Jesus. As much as if any of us were in that position, we'd probably be tempted to do the same. He was going through torture being in that wilderness. And then in verse 8, it says that Jesus left his throne. Uh, it says that, um, excuse me, it says that, you know, Satan tempted him to gain all the kingdoms of the world. He showed him all of them. And he said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. And so the temptation was to give up his throne, his heavenly throne that he left in heaven, his place of comfort where, where there's incredible worship and there's holiness and there's peace and there's joy. And where the Bible says that the 24 elders, they bow down and they lay their crowns at the feet of Jesus, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, eternal and perfect bliss. He left that throne to come here to earth to fulfill God's will. And here he's getting temptation because he can't go back yet to his heavenly home. And Satan offers him all the kingdoms of the world. What would you have done in that moment? I know it would have been tempting for me. So why would the Holy Spirit do such a thing like this to Jesus? Why would the Holy Spirit do something like this to any one of us? You know, why would he allow Jesus or any one of us to go through this temptation? You know, it's really interesting. Um, the original Greek word that's actually used here in this text that says tempted for tempted is the word pirazzo, which and it's another translation, which means to be tested, right? Something to be proved, to prove something to be true. So it wasn't necessarily that the Holy Spirit was uh, leading Jesus to be tempted but he was allowing him to be proved for who he already was, the perfect and obedient son of God. As one writer put it, his experience in the wilderness in 40 days was an intimate time where Jesus put aside the demands of his human nature to elevate his spiritual nature and grow in fellowship, dependence, and obedience to God. And so God set this side of time through his Holy Spirit to Jesus so that he can grow in his stature as the perfect and obedient son of God and prove to be who he really is. And hear me out, but the Holy Spirit will do the same with us. Notice how not even Jesus was exempt from this testing, this time of trying in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit might lead us too into trying situations. For example, he might call you to cut yourself off like Jesus did from every hindrance and go into the wilderness to get away with him. And it might just feel lonely and like it's just you there with him. He might lead you to let go of a certain dream or career that might not be in line with his will in order so that you can get in line with his. And he might even deny you of something and cause you to wait that you've been praying for for years, maybe centuries, in order to, so that you can learn how to trust in his name. But what you ultimately need to know is that wherever he leads you to church, it is for your good. It is for our good. I read a quote recently by John H. Augie that's incredible. It says, God brings men into deep waters, not to drown them, but to cleanse them. I'm going to read that again. It says, God brings men into deep waters, not to drown them, but to cleanse them. Can you imagine if we looked at our tests as having a divine purpose, 
again, totally contrary to everything that we believe about the Holy Spirit and why would he do such a thing like that? He's supposed to be good all the time. But imagine if we looked at the spirits leading us to these hard and challenging and trying times as a blessing, as opportunities to grow, as, as opportunities to be strengthened, to become more faithful to God, to the church, to our families, to our communities. You see, we all want to A and we all want to hear well done. But none of us want testing. None of us want the tests that come with that. And honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't want tests at all. I've been through enough tests in life. And I barely know what testing is in comparison to, to some of you here. I've heard some of your testimonies and absolutely incredible. But I don't want testing. I know that for sure. But I definitely want to hear Jesus tell me at the end when he comes back for his people, well done, my good and faithful servant. But we can't have that without the testing. You know, the truth is, when the Spirit leads we will face deep waters, but we can rest assured that we will not drown. God will cleanse us. And this leads me to my next and final story. And it's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And these right here are the moments that we live for, right? The ones that we love, we can't get enough, where we feel God moving and powerful and incredible and obvious ways, right, that inspire us and build our faith and, and strengthen our faith and make us believe, wow, God really is real. He really is working in my life. And that's when the Holy Spirit leads us in good times. And so in Acts chapter 8, we're going to be reading from verses 26 through 39. Many of you know the story, but if you don't, pay close attention to what the story shows here and how the Holy Spirit leads Philip in an incredible way to a good time, a good, incredible moment in his faith. It says in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, look at how the Lord and Spirit is leading him, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. We don't got time to get into what an eunuch is, but you can Google it later and find out. We don't have a name for this guy. We just know he's Ethiopian eunuch. Boom. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki which means queen of the Ethiopians. So he's just seemingly very wealthy, high status kind of a man. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. 
Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into water, in the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And so here we have a man by the name of Philip, an incredible man of God who is led by the Spirit. And the Spirit tells him to go on a journey down south where he's going to meet a man who, again, goes unnamed, but he's known as an Ethiopian eunuch who happens to be a very wealthy man, but also happens to be a very openly religious man. It says that on his way back from worshiping at the temple, he opened up his Bible. He was reading the Bible. And I don't know about you, but the first thing after church that I think about is not, oh, I can't wait to get into my Bible. It's like, yo, we're going to Chick-fil-A or not? Nah? Like, what's, what's happening? Where are we going? Um, and, 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 but here he is, this humble, eager, open to learn, sincerely seeking man after God's own heart. And the Holy Spirit here is not leading Philip to test his faith or his evangelism skills and how well he can reach out to this man, but it's to help this humble Ethiopian eunuch find salvation in Christ, a good moment being led by the Holy Spirit. And we don't know how long this chariot ride was, but from the scriptures, it seems that Philip shared a few words with him about the gospel of Jesus Christ and everything he did for him. And bam, before you know it, the eunuch wants to change his life. He can't help but to, uh, but to respond to the gospel and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And he gets baptized right then and there immediately. And don't you wish uh, that was always easy? Yes, thank you. Chick-fil-A isn't open on Sunday. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, don't you wish it was always that easy, right? And if it is... Right? Then how come it's still so hard to follow when the Spirit leads us to inspiring moments like these? You know, God gives us incredible opportunities day in and day out. Sometimes we go through a job, but other times God is giving us opportunities right before our very eyes, right before our very communities. But what do we do? We get lazy. We make excuses. We feel unmotivated. Sometimes we just feel too much of a mess to even possibly be used by God. We got to get our relationship with God right. It's like we got to fix ourselves up before we can tell people, hey, we're just broken people that are just in desperate need of a Savior. So that way we look good and we present them with a gospel that really doesn't match who we're supposed to be saying that we are. We're trophies of grace, just broken in desperate need of God, our Savior. And when we do this, all it does is just create a more hardened, selfish, inward-focused version of ourselves, which leaves little to no room for the Holy Spirit to work and lead in our lives for good. And I've been the first to be guilty of that, and I let it happen so often. You know, I saw a, a social media post recently on Instagram that just convicted me so much about sharing my faith and about making excuses to sharing it with other people. It was a picture of uh, a preacher. It looked like an old gospel track. Um, and it was a preacher with his Bible preaching to this one man. And this man had his hand up and he looked like he was in pain. Like it was hurting him even hearing it. He wanted nothing to do with the preacher. And in big, bold letters it said on the top, evangelism is hard. But watching people you love go to hell is harder. I'm sorry for the noise. That's a dog barking in the background. I'm going to read that again. It says evangelism is hard, but watching people you love go to hell is harder. And that's the kind of mentality that I want to have. 
You know, I want my fear of losing my loved ones to hell to be greater than my fear to sharing the gospel with them, the love of God with them. And you know, recently I've, I felt so grateful because the Holy Spirit gave me an opportunity to share the gospel with someone who was just like this Ethiopian eunuch. And I saw his life transform before me as he was eager to find the God that he had been searching for since he was a kid in Jesus Christ. And uh, he's a new face to many of you, but he's been a huge inspiration to me and the campus ministry. And that's uh, Guillermo Hernandez. And I know he's watching. We love you so much, Guillermo. And uh, today I actually asked him to share his testimony, to join me in my message. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the hurricane, he couldn't be here today with me. Uh, so instead, I'm going to attempt to, to read it um, on his behalf. And so uh, I'm going to read you a little bit of what he wrote in his testimony. All right, excuse me, I'm gonna to try to get this in order. It says, ever since I was a child, I have known about God. I was in church from since I could barely walk to around the age of nine, where I used to attend church with my grandmother until she moved. And that's when I stopped attending church altogether. I knew God, but I didn't really follow him. I didn't know how to pray. I never read the Bible. I didn't acknowledge God. I knew he was there, but I was just living for myself, living for the world. From middle school toward high school, I didn't have a relationship with God, even though I called myself a Christian. In December of 2020, when I was in college, something just told me, just something inside of me was telling me, I need to get a Bible. I've never owned a Bible before, and so I decided to purchase one. And I started attending a church that my grandmother recommended to me. But I wasn't really connecting with the church. I wasn't getting what I felt I needed spiritually. And that's when I saw a person who I considered a friend and mentor uh, from high school. And, uh, you know, she started being, I saw her being bold about her faith on Instagram. And, and I DM'd her and I started telling her about the trials that I was facing and how I wanted to get back into church and, and, and building a relationship with God. And so she recommended me to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. Her church at the time where she attended and was studying the Bible with a few sisters, Linnell and Denise, and, and, until she moved to Texas. And so she sent me the link for the church, and that's where I ended up filling out the Connect card. A couple days later, Joelle contacted me. We spoke on the phone, got to know each other a little bit, and then hung up. And then an hour later, after that phone call, out of the blue, we run into each other at Walmart. And that's when I knew that this was the church for me. It was like God was giving me the green light. I started studying the Bible with Joel and a couple other disciples, uh, Will and John Heinzman. And, and in the beginning, I was excited, but I started quickly losing interest. I, I was struggling reading my Bible and, and being consistent with my times with God and, until we got to the cross study. You know, the cross study opened up my eyes, just hearing about the flogging of Jesus hearing about the things that he suffered for me and my sins. And when I heard that, I knew I needed him in my life. After that study, I started being more bold about my faith on social media and sharing scriptures and talking to my friends about all the things that Jesus had done for me, for us. You know, ultimately, I knew that what I wanted to get was baptized, but something was holding me back. This level of perfectionism that I had about myself, that I had to be perfect first, 
before going forward. And I didn't want to disappoint God, but I knew that I needed him in my life. And so my baptism was a great leap of faith. And so I'm so grateful that I took that step and a few weeks uh, later got baptized into Jesus Christ. And that's testimony of Guillermo Hernandez. And it's so inspiring. Um, you know, as we come to a close, I hope that this encouraged you, Guillermo's story. But even more than that, I want to encourage you to look at the example that Jesus left for us. You know, Jesus Christ was a man who too was led by the Holy Spirit while he was here on earth. And he didn't just follow and stick around for the good, but he took the good with the bad. You know, he came and performed many miracles, healings, and changed people's lives radically. But he also accepted the shame and the curse and the punishment for our sins through the cross. And all this because he knew that the Holy Spirit had to do it for our good, for our forgiveness, for our future hope. You know, as we reflect on communion and Jesus' sacrifice, let us also reflect and ask God to help us also to accept his leading wherever that may take us, whether in good times or in bad. Because when the Spirit leads, we can never go wrong. Join me in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father God, I uh, just want to thank you, God, just so much for this great and this uh, precious opportunity to share your word, to hear your word, to learn more about your word, God, and to reflect on the sacrifice that you, you made on the cross for us. God, I thank you that you're not like us, God, that you didn't just back out, God, when things got hard, when things got tough, when things got challenging, when our faith got stretched and tried, but you stuck it out, God. You stuck it out through the 40 days and the 40 nights, and you stuck out three years later, going through persecutions, people trying to kill you, and eventually people murdering you by crucifying you on the cross. You took our shame. You took our blame. You took our sin. You took all of our wrongdoing, all our evil, our mistakes that we still live with shame and regret. And you took all of that, God, and you put it on yourself because you knew that it would be for our ultimate good. And so, God, I just pray for everyone here, everyone listening, I pray that you would inspire us and motivate us to accept your leading, wherever that may lead us, whatever sacrifices that may be leading us to. God, help us to accept it, no matter how hard it may be, no matter how much we feel like we're breaking under pressure. God, give us the grace and the strength to accept your leading and to allow you to lead us every single day of our lives in every single area. And God, I pray for those who don't have your Holy Spirit, for those who don't have a relationship with you, for those who are longing to know you and do want it or are curious, God, give them the boldness to be like that Ethiopian eunuch, to seek hard after you, God, to be humble, to be eager, to be sincere, and to seek after you. Because like your scripture says, God, you are not far from any one of us. And so God, please be with us, guide us, protect us, and continue to help us, Lord to allow your spirit to lead us wherever he may want to lead. We thank you so much, and it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Love you so much, church. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you were encouraged. Uh, please like and share this post. You can also follow us on uh, Instagram at socon.church, S-O-C-O-N-N.church. 
Um, and you can like our Facebook page, Southern Connecticut Church of Christ, or simply SCTCOC. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep it up here for a few minutes. Uh, feel free to chat, fellowship below in the comment section, uh, give feedback. Um, love you guys so much. Thank you so much for uh, all your support. We love you guys, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.